2: third round of IVF. I've been told I have egg activation issues and trying ICSI with calcium this round. How do we know if it's an egg and sperm issue?
1: Provided the sperm is of good quality, it is more likely to be an egg problem. What we know is that if the sperm physically looks good, it looks that nice tadpole shape, hasn't got broken necks and swollen heads or two heads. If there's a good number of well-shaped sperm that, that are swimming, it's unlikely to be a sperm problem. There is something called DNA fragmentation, where the genetic material in the head of the sperm, even though it looks good, the genetic makeup of the, of the sperm can be broken down. Things like smoking, for instance, do have an impact there, but that can be tested. And before, if that's high levels, it can be reversed with antioxidants. So if there's failed fertilization, that's one of the things that we go looking for. If we do get fertilization and the first two days are good, and then the embryos die, that points a little bit more to being a male factor because the male genetics doesn't drive the growth of the embryo until the second or third day. So if things fail at that point, it does make it slightly more suspicious it's the male. On the egg side, what we see under the general light microscope, which is what most clinics have got, pretty difficult to find an abnormal egg. There are some that are dark in texture and there are some that are misshapen. But The majority of eggs, generally, if they are mature eggs, have gone through that appropriate processes to make them mature. The scientists really can't tell whether it's a good egg or a bad egg. At IVF Australia, do have some technology called polarised light microscopy, where we can look at the egg before we fertilise it with ICSI. And what we are looking at is something called the spindle, which is actually a little structure within the egg where all the chromosomes line up before fertilization. And what our group has shown is that if you have a spindle that's abnormal or absent, your odds of a pregnancy are very low. So we can get a better idea about equality using polarized light. And it certainly means that I can have a talk to patients after the event. It doesn't change things, but at least we have reasons why things aren't happening. Depends a bit on when things happen or not happen. That gives us the best clue whether it's a sperm or egg, but in most cases, it's eggs. And that egg quality is, is very much dependent on a woman's age. So the older you get, the more abnormal eggs you will create. So I don't know how old Sarah is, but that may be a factor as well. Certainly doing ICSI uh, does give the opportunity, better opportunity to look at the eggs because we strip the cells away from the cells that surround the egg. We get, by stripping them away, we get a good look at the egg. And also we're making sure that the sperm is is getting into the egg itself. But it really depends on, you know, what the problem has been in your your previous two cycles. But uh, certainly what they're doing in terms of doing ICSI is probably a good idea. If you need to have egg activation, that, suggest to me that you didn't get fertilization. There is the rare case that can be helped by using the calcium and that Ixia in itself may be helpful.
2: She says, I'm wondering if I should go through IVF. I have PCOS and endo MC last year. I'm 35 and have not ever fallen, I think pregnant before. Sadly, I don't live in New South Wales. Can you help me when should i be having sex in my next cycle please First of all it depends
1: on the severity of the endometriosis as to whether you should go straight to IVF The fact that you've had a miscarriage is a positive sign it means that it's, you know, the fallopian tubes are probably open but i would probably initially find a specialist to go through the basic investigations which would for me would be to check that your tubes are patent, they're open, and you're either ultrasound or an X-ray to do that. I, in relation to the polycystic ovaries, I'd probably, if, if they are causing irregular periods, in other words, you're not ovulating regularly, then I'd be putting you on oral tablets for five days uh, at the beginning of the cycle to try and stimulate ovulation and give yourself a chance to get pregnant on your own. Depending on your age, you know, if you are 38, I'd probably be saying mm, three months of trying and then move on to IVF. If you were younger, I'd say, let's try for six months uh, and then move on to IVF. Whether you need a laparoscopy at this stage to look inside and see what how bad the endometriosis is, because that may change things as well. If if it's got worse, then you may end up, it may be sensible to go straight, to have that uh, treated surgically by a trained uh, laparoscopic surgeon, not by a generalist who, who dabbles. Uh, find a laparoscopic surgeon who's good at th- endometriosis surgery in your state, then go on potentially to do IVF. So I hope that's
2: helpful. We have a question from Dean. Currently on the third round of IVF, first fresh transfer was unsuccessful. We're going through a natural frozen cycle. Is there anything my wife can take to better the chance of implantation? She also has antiphospholipate syndrome.
1: Phospholipid syndrome with antiphospholipid syndrome, I would certainly be using steroids if she's not already on them and she may already be be on them. Because if it's a clinical antiphospholipid problem, but we do pick up subclinical, in other words, those without obvious disease, uh, on testing, particularly. And we do those sort of testing after failing uh, in the first couple of cycles of IVF, we go looking for the the rare things, but certainly I'd have her taking prednisolone probably 20 milligrams a day from the first day of the cycle of the frozen, of the frozen embryo cycle. In terms of improving the chance of implantation, we well, really don't know anything that makes any difference. Your doctor may, as a belt and braces, give you progesterone supplementation, vaginal pessaries from the day or two before the embryo transfer, just to make sure progesterone levels are good at the time of implantation. But other than that, I generally say, you know, be normal and be lucky. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu.
0: Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF Journey, all the way to parenthood.